Recording Mr. in progress. Elkstrand. Present. Commissioner Johnson. Present. Commissioner Kelly. Present. Commissioner Marrero. Present. Commissioner Martinak. Thank you. Commissioner Mizell. Here. Commissioner Walker. Here. Chair Simon Weisberg. Here. We have a quorum. Great. Um, can we uh, now play the land acknowledgement statement? Yes. And, you know, every time I keep um, asking that in the future, if we can have it posted while we're hearing it instead of just the video of, because I think that we see just the it playing. But maybe for next time. Oh, Amy, you're muted if you're saying something. Oh, sorry. I, I haven't forgotten that request. It's it's uh, a little tricky. So that's why we haven't done it yet. No problem. Um, but that's my goal for January. Great. So here we go. Sorry, give me one sec. Sorry, of course, tonight it's going to give me a hard time. You can just have the executive director do it live. I'm just going to go ahead and read it live. That's okay. I'm not quite yeah, sure absolutely. why it's not behaving. Uh, <clears throat> the Berkeley Rent Stabilization Board recognizes that the rental housing units we regulate are built on the territory of the Huchin, the ancestral and unceded land of the Chocheno speaking Ohlone people the ancestors and descendants of the sovereign Verona Band of Alameda County. This land was and continues to be of great importance to all of the Ohlone tribes and descendants of the Verona Band. As we begin our meeting tonight, we acknowledge and honor the original inhabitants of Berkeley, the documented 5,000-year history of a vibrant community at the, West, at the West Berkeley Shell Mound, and the Ohlone people who continue to reside in the East Bay. We recognize that Berkeley's landlords and tenants have and continue to benefit from the use and occupation of this unceded stolen land since the city of Berkeley's incorporation in 1878 and since the Rent Stabilization Board's creation in 1980. As stewards of the land of the laws regulating rental housing, it is not only vital that we recognize the history of this land, but also recognize that the Ohlone people are present members of Berkeley and other East Bay communities today. Great, thank you. Um, we're now going to move to approval of the agenda. This is where we would be able to move anything around. Um, does anybody want to either move as is or um, make a motion uh, to make any changes? Uh, Vice Chair um, Albert. I'll move approval of the agenda as written. Great, thank you. Can I get a second? A second. Thank you. Can we get a roll call, please? Uh, Alpert. Aye. Elkstrand? Yes. Johnson? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Marrero? Yes. Martinak? Yes. Mizell? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great. Um, can we go ahead and uh, we're now going to move to public comment. 
This is where we invite any of the um, attendees to make a comment. Um, we're going to do go ahead and do two minutes. Uh, the first section will be for non-agendized items. If anyone can raise their hand, um, I see that the clerk has their hand raised. Did you? Uh, well, I was wondering if we would do the the oath as a ceremonial item before, uh, since Commissioner Marrero needs to be officially sworn in before mm -hmm. performing duties. Um, I don't have any objection unless anyone else does. Let's go ahead and do that. So that means that we are switching. Um, we have a what's listed as special order of business. We'll be doing that first. And, and then we'll we'll return to the public comment. So um, I'll turn it over to our city clerk. Thank you, uh, Chair Simon Weisberg. I'm very pleased to uh, be joining the Rent Stabilization Board tonight to swear in the uh, re-elected and newly elected members of, of the Rent Stabilization Board. Uh, so we'll just do a repeat after me um, situation all at once. Uh, so everybody uh, raise your right hand and repeat after me. I state your name. I solemnly solemnly swear or affirm. Do solemnly swear. swear or affirm that I will support and defend. That I will support, I will support and, defend. Defend. and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution, the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution, and the Constitution of, the of the State of California. California. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against, against all, all enemies, foreign and, and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. That I will bear, that I will bear, bear true, true faith, faith and, allegiance and allegiance. To the Constitution of the United States. To the Constitution, to the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the, and the Constitution of the State of California. California. That I take this obligation freely. That I take, take this, obligation, take this obligation, obligation freely. Without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. Without, without, without any, any mental, mental reservation, reservation or purpose, or purpose, purpose of, evasion. of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. And that I will, that I will well, well and faithfully discharge. discharge. The duties upon which I'm about to enter. The duties, the duties upon, the upon which I'm about to enter. enter. Congratulations to all of you. Thank you. Well, I just have to say that super exciting. I just feel, you know, this incredible um, fresh of fresh air. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, it just it feels like something new is happening. And I, I say that more and that we've all kind of gone through this very, very hard time. And while this next year will include um, potentially an ending of a moratorium um, and many other uh, other things that impact tenants. Um, I'm really just uh, excited to have this team um, to help lead, you know, the work that we do here in Berkeley and, and just honored to serve with you all. Um, and just, you know, this is an incredible institution and it is a remarkable one, unique, um, not only in the United States, but really in the world, there are not a lot of us. Um, so, so thank you for doing all the hard work of uh, running. Um, many of us feel like that is the hardest part of this. Um, and yeah, I, I look forward to 
you know, continuing the work with you all. Um, so with that, I'd like to um, invite uh, the, the new members to say a few words um, to all of us as a, essentially an introduction. Um, and then we can, uh, all of us, I'm going to ask folks to keep it, um, brief because we did kind of go in front of public comment. Um, so does anyone want to go first? I suppose I, I will, um, since I figured out the newly elected uh, members, I'm first alphabetically by first name, so I'll go ahead. Um, well, yeah. I want to thank the, the people of Oxford Berkeley for um, giving me this, this opportunity and, and privilege to uh, serve as a commissioner. Um, there's, as, as, uh, chair, uh, as the chair just said, there's a lot of work ahead of us. Um, I look forward to working with you all um, to um, address the challenges of our times and um, to, to serve the people of Berkeley. Um, so I think I'll just keep it brief and leave it there. Thank you. Who wants to go next? I'm going to start calling on you. <laughs> I can go next. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to thank uh, thank you, Chair um, Wiseman Ward, for your leadership. Um, just as a to begin this, um, my name is Vanessa Marrera, and I'm your newly elected commissioner. I'm an Indigenous Taina who is a public servant, and um, I work within the nonprofit sector. I've lived in Berkeley since 2004 and I have three children um, and I have one child with a disability and one who's transgendered. So um, I'm really excited to be able to serve the community. I would like to also thank the community, the voters, my parents um, who are back in New York, uh, my family and friends for their expressed confidence in me to serve this wonderful city that I've been living in. I also want to um, give a special thanks to all of the folks who supported our campaign, the Right to Housing Slate campaign, for all of your work um, every single day. And specifically wanted to share my gratitude to the Latinas who are um, elected and serve the city of Berkeley, specifically to former Commissioner Paola Lavelde for her service and effort of all women and people um, and immigrant communities um, here in California. So thank you for having me and I look forward to the journey ahead. Great, thank you. All right, who wants to jump in now? I guess since we're going alphabetically, <laughs> might as well be me. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm very excited to be here and I must say rather nervous. This is my very first uh, moment as a public official. Um, I, I would like to thank uh, the community of Berkeley for uh, putting their trust in me and I will do my best uh, to honor it. Um, I'm a single mom and uh, first immigration, uh, sorry, first uh, generation immigrant from Croatia. I have a middle schooler, and uh, since uh, since I became uh, her mom and single mom simultaneously, we moved eight times. Um, so that's what motivated me to run the uh, the travails of single motherhood in this city. And uh, my wish to to not to for other people not to have to go through that. Um, 
of course, I was uh, inspired by Bernie, and I continue to be inspired by him and his uh, uh, undaunted service, uh, despite all difficulties and challenges. He's an inspiration every day. And I would love to follow in his footsteps. Um, so thank you again, and I'm looking forward to serving you. Great. All right, uh, Commissioner Mazel, I think you're you're up. Yes, yeah, so thank you, Chair. Um, Nobs, I, I want to thank first the voters, obviously, um, you know, for placing their trust in me, um, along with the other folks on the slate. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I'll, I'll be honest. It, it's it's strange to be here in a way. I'm, I'm happy and joyful about it, but it's also strange. And I, I'm going to learn to to navigate this. Um, certainly, with, with, with the the collaboration of folks on on the board here, and you know, folks certainly in the community. Um, it, none of this happens without the community. Um, I don't run for this. I don't have the support to even get the signatures on. I don't have any of the donations. I don't have people knocking on doors. It really came from folks deciding that, you know, we have to move in a certain direction and that I can be a part of that work. And I know I'm just a part of it, but I, I plan to do as much as I can within this role. And frankly, beyond the, the, the description of this role to create change that can possibly impact housing in this city that can possibly ensure that tenants can stay in their places and that they're actually safe and actually secure. And, you know, I, I can't thank the folks at Berkeley enough for that. You know, whether it's folks I, I walked around with who have been here for 50 years, and I, just learning the history they've been through. Another person just moved here months ago and, and, and was asking me what I knew about Berkeley. And from both perspectives, um, all folks in the city need to have safe, secure place to live. And I want to be a part of that work as quickly as I can. So, Thank you to the voters. Thankful for my the other folks on the slate. Thank for all the volunteers, and definitely thank for my family as well. They've been putting up with my questioning authority pretty much since I was born, um, and you know I, I'm sure even through some more frustrating days, they knew that the intentions were to do good work, and they have stuck with me, and I'm so thankful for that as well. So, um, yeah, look forward to getting started here. Great. Thank you. Um, and Vice Chair, um, you want to round us out since you've you've kind of done this before, but I know each each new four years is different. Yeah, I'll keep it brief because I've this is not this is my second time around the block. But uh, want to thank well, looking forward to, uh, first of all to working with all the my fellow commissioners, new and old. Uh, and um, you know, I think. The chair said it well that this is a really unique body, um, not just because we are an elected rent board, um, one of two in the country, and I don't think there are any other ones in the world, but also because of um, the culture around our elections for this board of the community process and the um, kind of this, the spirit of uh, democratic participation um, and the, you know, uh, I, I said it before, and, uh, and I think it's really important. Uh, I think fundamentally uh, we stand for the principle that there should be uh, the people should have a democratic say in their own lives, in their own housing. And so I'm looking forward to making that a reality with all of you. And I'll leave it there. Great, thanks. Um, I don't know if the executive director wanted to say anything at this point um, or if the general counsel. Again, congratulations and welcome. And I look forward um, 
to working with you all um, as we move our mission forward. Uh, I will say, Commissioner Mizell, your head fits perfectly in that flower. And for the longest time, I thought that was a hat and I wasn't going to, I was just was going to be like, you know, that's a really cute hat, but now I know that it is a background, still cute. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. So again, we have all met um, earlier this week. And again, I look forward, congratulations and look forward to working with you. Right. Um, thank you, Chair, for the opportunity. I just, I've met all of the commissioners in the last um, a couple of days and I just wanted to express that I too am very much looking forward to um, working with you. I've worked with a, a number of commissioners over the years, and it's always exciting to get to know new people with new energy and new thoughts, new ideas. And so uh, welcome again and congratulations. Dom, is that another new commissioner? <laughs> we should have our, our bring to kids um, hearing day. Maybe when we're all back in, in person and um so do i'm trying to balance that we want i know everyone wants a short meeting tonight um with i also don't want i want the the old commissioners um if they want to say anything briefly uh commissioner kelly um i will try to reach out to all the new commissioners individually to offer my support i just want to say welcome i know what a weird and wonderful experience the election and being sworn in at home um, on your <laughs> personal computer must feel like. We've all been there through the weirdness, so we want to support you and welcome you. Um, but if you have any questions, no questions too dumb to ask me. Um, we were all, I was there two years ago, brand new, and like, it's a lot to figure out and process can be complicated. Our staff's really helpful too, but you know, I'm I'm happy to be a resource. Um, and I'm so excited to have some new faces here and to get to work together. Um, and really proud of the campaigns everyone ran. And it's really exciting to see a lot of fresh energy and a lot of fresh blood. We need that in our movement to stay strong. And um, welcome aboard. Okay. Anyone else? I'm assuming Dominique is talking to the other commissioners in her room and not to us and not, yeah. <laughs> we weren't sure if you couldn't, um, didn't know you were on mute or if you were. I, I was I was talking to the commissioners in my home, but I, I can say a few words. I just want to say welcome uh, to the rent board and look forward to working with you all. <laughs> Great, all right. So now we're gonna return to public comment. Unless Xavier, you wanted to speak, I realized that you hadn't. Did you want to? I, I'll just say welcome to everyone, but I wanted to keep the time short, so. <laughs> Great. All right, we'll go to uh, public comment as soon as you're ready, um, Board Secretary. I'm ready. Great. So um, I see we have one hand raised. Uh, this is the opportunity to make a public comment regarding a non-agendized item. Uh, if you can go ahead. Liliana? Okay, good evening, Commissioner. Um, you can maybe I'm, speak up a bit, a little bit. Yes, okay. Is this better? Perfect. Okay, um, I'm calling because I listened in on the city's four by four meeting um, with the rent board on November 30th. And I'm concerned 
because of um, untruths that were spoken by rent board commissioners. This misinformation related to property, property taxes paid by homeowners, landlords, and business owners. The claim was that property taxes only rise 2% per year because of Prop 13. Now, I have looked at many Berkeley property tax bills because I've tracked the city's inaccurate database of taxable square footage. So county taxes are only half of the property tax bill. The other half of the bill is parcel tax, which is several thousands to hundreds of thousands per parcel. And it's often more than the Prop 13 side. So parcel taxes go up per year in the range of 2% to 16%, um, but consistently more than the rent board's AGA. The parcel taxes have gone up 12% four times in the last decade. So I'm asking that elected officials look at tax bills if they'll speak publicly about them, and I'm hoping that they will get it right. Thank you. All right. Let me see if we have any other. Like I'm not seeing any other attendees um, raising their hand. Um, Vice Chair, did you want to say something? I'll just briefly in reply, I believe it was my comment that the commenter was responding to. Um, I appreciate that there are folks like Ms. Spender who uh, take so careful attention to our uh, property tax bases. Um, I hope that she would engage as carefully with an analysis of the rates that rent have been going up by, um, which you know we can compare. But uh, thank you for her correction. Right. Um, so we're now going to move to an opportunity to make any public comment on items that are, that are on the agenda. And I'll just go ahead and look to see if anyone raises their hand. Um, I see um, Mayor Aragin, would you like to speak? Yes, thank you very much, Madam Chair. Um, good evening, Rempor Commissioners. I want to take this opportunity to, to acknowledge and thank the service of the outgoing Rempor Commissioners, Commissioner James Chang, Paolo La Verde, Myron Donson, John Salaski, uh, for their many years of service to the rent board in the city of Berkeley. And I've had the pleasure of working closely with many of them over the years on not just uh, protecting rent control, but expanding tenant protections. And, uh, you know, uh, people um, who commit to running for public office and, and serve in elected office, it's a, um, it's a sacrifice, it's an honor. And I just wanna just honor um, their contributions to the city of Berkeley um, as they're leaving office. And take this opportunity to also welcome the new rent board commissioners, some of whom I've, Work with over the years, some of whom I've not met yet, and I look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Um, and just on behalf of the City Council, we just want to congratulate you and work with and look forward to working with you to address the challenges that we face over the next year: the ending of the eviction moratorium, the need to provide stability and security for for tenants in Berkeley, um, the need, the ongoing need to address our housing affordability crisis, um, and to fight for changes in Sacramento to not just appeal Costa Hawkins, but also to strengthen tenant protections. So. Look forward to working with you and congratulations on your election. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we, we really value your partnership. All right. Um, I see Noah Levy. Oh, his hand is down. All right. So seeing uh, his hands back up, uh, would you like to speak, Mr. Levy? Yes, yes. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, thank you for your time, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Noah Levy. I am uh, 
born and raised Berkeley resident. Um, I recently moved back to uh, my the home that my mother owns um, and um, had a very hard time in the past couple of years with our tenant um, at our address. Um, and I, so our, my item is on the consent calendar for a ministerial, um, uh, for one of the penalties, but essentially we're being charged penalties for not paying the fees to the Berkeley Rent Board. And these penalties are extremely high and I'm contesting a staff recommendation that the penalties were only um, waived 60%. We've since paid the fees. Um, the current tenants, however, have still not paid rent for almost a year, um, causing a really undue hardship on my family, on my elderly mother who owns the home. Um, essentially, we're, we have paid the fees and now we're being asked to pay penalties on the fees when the current tenants have not even paid their rent and we have no recourse of action. I've had multiple discussions with rent board attorneys, with rent board staff about the current situation. Um, and frankly, now that I'm being charged the penalties just for being late on paying the, my, my, you know, the, the home, you know, the rental fee on our property, it just feels like a real disservice to uh, myself who I've been a longtime renter my entire life. I'm raising two small children who go to Berkeley Public Schools and these um, excessive penalty penalty fees on top of the actual, you know, the, the fees that we have to pay for the one rental unit that we have, which is an in-law unit. We share the, you know, the space with our family it just seems really hard for our family. So I, I'm trying, I want to contest that. Um, I want to contest that, that situation that's being on, on, on our home um, and my family. Can I ask you a question? How many yeah. units are on the property? There are two units on the property. Myself and my family live in one unit and we rent run one unit. And have you applied for the the assistance that was made? Yes, it's yeah, we are currently we're in in waiting for um assistance from Alameda County. So that has been they submitted their 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 um you know, we're trying to get assistance for almost a year. It's been since February of 2021. Sorry, 2022 of this year. And we you know, we're, we still have not yet received it. And so I mean, it just puts, I feel like I'm not the only person in the situation where the landlords and the and you know are being put in this very difficult situation, and yet we're still being asked to pay our fees for the rental unit, and on top of that, pay the penalties, which is a crazy amount of money. Like I like I don't I don't know if I should tell you what the penalties are. It's like well, we, thousands we, of we dollars. Have, we we have it, but that's because yeah. But you know that we did have an amnesty period, and no, but know, I applied for a waiver. I applied for a waiver. I had conversations with rental, rental board staff and they assured me that it was gonna be fine if I did the waiver by October 31st. And now I got an email yesterday or the day before saying that the staff only recommended 60% of the penalties being waived. And to me, 40% is still almost $1,000, which is a huge hit to me. And just feels not, just feels very unjust, you know, considering all these things. Okay, thank you for your your comment. We actually the the waivers are were in consent, and we didn't change or pull any of those. But I think we still have a second opportunity in case anybody wants to. All right. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I'm sorry if this was not the right time to speak. No, up no, no, myself. you're you're fine. Okay. You're fine. Okay. That was just to the rest should of the I, board. Should I stay on then for that that item on the calendar before? We we would love it if everybody would watch the whole meeting, but you yeah. to. <laughs> I just don't know what this this process is like. I'm, we won't I be don't. asking probably any other questions at that point. But okay, uh, all right, and your your time is up now, so we'll be muting you. Um, 
All right, so it is now time for us another, we have another um, special order of business, which is where we will be electing the chair for this coming year. And then after that'll be the vice chair. So, I've, so I have put myself up for that. So I won't be sharing, I guess maybe I wouldn't share anyway, but I'll be passing it, um, I believe to the general counsel um, on behalf of the executive director. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, essentially, um, I'm going to be giving the rules for the election um, here. Um, uh, anybody can nominate uh, anybody else uh, to serve as chair, uh, including uh, a self-nomination. Uh, it requires no second. Um, the only thing that I will be asking at the um, after somebody is nominated is if the person who is nominated accepts that nomination. Um, once we have um, all uh, uh, commissioners uh, nominated who are uh, who are wanting to run for chair, um, I will be conducting the vote for the first person that receives the nomination. Um, and um, and as soon as somebody gets um, five or more votes, uh, the voting um, for any other uh, nominee um, will will close. Um, so we will only have. Uh, a vote um, on any nominee uh, until we get at least five votes. And at that point, the uh, election will end. Um, so uh, at the close of nominations before the vote, uh, any nominee may choose to make any comments if they wish, uh, or they don't have to. Um, so with that said, are there any questions regarding the process or shall I go ahead and start taking nominees? Uh, I see. So just uh, to clarify, it, oh, sorry. So it, it's the, yeah, my apologies. It, it, so it's the, we're voting, we're doing nominations for the chair first, and then it, is the vice chair separate from that? That's correct. So the okay. first, um, uh, the, the, any nomination made will be solely for the position of chair of the run board. <laughs> you mean only for the position of chair? <laughs> <laughs> um, Commissioner Kelly, you have your hand raised. Did you have a question or did you want to? I want to make a nomination. I think that my joke about so Are there any other questions before I take nominations? Please raise your hand if so. Commissioner Kelly. Um, I'd like to nominate Leah uh, for re-election as chair. Commissioner Simon Weisberg, do you accept the nomination? I do. Okay. Are there any other nominations for chair of the board? I believe Vanessa has her hand up. Thank you, Commissioner Albert. I also wanted to nominate <laughs> Chair Wiseman War. So great thinking there, uh, fellow Commissioner Kelly. Thank you. Are there any other nominations? Seeing none, I'll ask the board secretary to take a roll call vote for Commissioner Simon Weisberg as chair of the rent board. And uh, the only thing you have to say is yay or nay. Thank you. Albert. Aye. Elkstrand. Yes. Johnson. Yes. Kelly. Yes. Marrero. Yes. Martinak. Yes. Mizell. Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Uh, unanimous vote. 
Congratulations. Congratulations, Chair. I will now turn the meeting over to you. Great. Uh, well, just very briefly, thank you so much for your confidence for those of you who I have already served for. And um, thank you for your future confidence for those who um, are, are only coming now. I'm, I'm very, very excited to, to be able to continue in this role. All right, well, I'm gonna have us move to the next um, item of business, which is we are going to do the same process, but for vice chair. So I will go ahead and accept uh, nominations. Uh, Commissioner Mazel. I will nominate Commissioner Alpert to be vice chair. Great, any other uh, nominations? Chair, we should ask um, if, if uh, Commissioner uh, Alpert accepts the nomination. Commissioner, I do. do you accept the nomination? Um, no, thank you. I obviously extend my sentence by a year. Yes. When it comes to voting, we must we want to we want to take it seriously and do it correctly. Um, all right. Well, seeing no other hands raised, um, I'm going to ask the board secretary to do a roll call vote. Albert. Aye. Elkstrand? Yes. Johnson. Yes. Kelly? Yes. Marrero? Yes. Martinak? Yes. Mizell? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Unanimous vote. Congratulations, Vice Chair Alpert. Thank you very much. And I'd like the chair keep it brief. Um, thank you all for your confidence in another year. Um, there's a lot for us to do. Um, as, as a few people have re referred to, I think, you know, our, our big hurdle this year is going to be um, navigating the process for uh, the ramp down of the eviction moratorium. Uh, I look forward to working with all of you on that uh, and the council uh, and the mayor. Thank you to the mayor also for being here and, and speaking to that. Uh, it's going to be a lift, um, but I have confidence also in our staff um, to navigate that, that change uh, and make sure that everyone understands their rights and that we're protecting folks uh, and their, their ability to keep living in Berkeley. So thank you all. Great. So um, we are now moving to the consent items. Um, so normally on consent items, we just, um, there can be, there is discussion, but, well, no, there isn't discussion. We just vote on it. Um, I just want to point out that we have all of the waivers are part of consent. And usually if there's one that people want to discuss, you take it off into action. But I, I guess I want to ask the general counsel, did we miss that opportunity because we didn't do that before we approved the agenda? No, you can you can go ahead and take it off of consent before you vote on it. Um, um, I would recommend if there is any change um, from a ministerial waiver to be considered in a, your capacity, um, the discretionary capacity allowed for by the ordinance and the regulations, that you not decide that tonight, but that you allow staff to write up um, any discretionary waiver as they otherwise would to give the full process um, and 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 make it um, a bit more um, fair as it relates to the discretionary waiver process. Great. So I think at this point, first up, I've got um, Commissioner Kelly. Do you have a, a question or did you want to make a motion? I want to make a motion, but I'm happy to wait. Well, I just wanted to just explain so everybody's on the same page for our new folks. So we have these um, ministerial waivers and the um, discretionary waivers. And so if any of you want us to discuss any of them individually, 
if you could tell, raise your hand and tell me which um, which one. If not, we can go ahead and just vote on the consent calendar. So, um, Commissioner Kelly, did you want to make a motion? Um, I wanted to sever and move off of the consent calendar. Uh, eleven oh four and eleven oh six Euclid. Okay. Any any other ones people want to pull? All right. Um, do we need a second for to pull? Yes. Okay. Can I get a second? All seconds. Great. Thank you. Uh, do we need? And then we need to vote on that. So can I get a roll call? Uh, just a point of clarification, Chair. Um, mm -hmm. Commissioner Kelly, that I'm assuming that was to move all the other consent items as written with the exceptions of those two waivers you pulled. Is that correct? Or is this only a motion to remove 1104 and 1106 Euclid from consent? I'm glad to expand my motion to be to remove 1104 and 1106 Euclid, but adopt the rest of the consent calendar if no other commissioners have a preference. So um, I'm going to ask uh, Commissioner Alpert, did you want to, did you have a, a comment or what were you going to do? Yeah, I, well, first, just to make sure, 1104 and 1106, that's the, um, that's the property that the uh, person spoke to in public comment, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm comfortable with a motion to remove them, though I will be supporting adopting the staff recommendation um, if we do discuss them on action. Um, so I think procedurally it's better to if we're going to have a discussion about them it's better not to do it on consent um so for that reason i, I think it's fine um I'll, I'll leave it at that well and i think probably what will happen is we'll be just continuing that one so that we can follow the advice from the general counsel about asking staff to develop the um the paper right no, i understand i mean my position would be should be to adopt the recommendation of staff but but either ways yeah it's fine We'll discuss it on action, so. Well, I I think that I would rather we decide, because I think we're not going to be, if if we move it to action, we're still going to need, I think we, I guess I would ask that we continue okay. that uh, that one um, so we can come back and the staff can um, prepare a packet for us. Because it's a ministerial waiver, they, we don't get as much of <clears throat> Okay, that's fine. I mean, yeah, okay. that's fine. Okay, great, thanks. So, okay. Chair, if if I can just ask one more clarifying question. Yes. Um, so, my understanding, Commissioner Kelly, and this is as much for my benefit as it is for our new commissioners, that your motion, this is still the motion on consent to move all consent items as written with the inclusion of removing 1104 Euclid and 1106 Euclid from the ministerial waivers. Is that correct? Correct. And as the second, Commissioner Elgstrand, do you agree with that? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to clarify that for the minutes. Thank you, Chair. Okay, but can we also clarify that when we are saying we're removing it, we are continuing it to, we're severing and continuing it to the next, um, to the next meeting. Is that possible? Just, yeah. Well, just to make it cleaner, I think that um, it would be best to move it to action and at that point, you can have discussion on whether or not to support the staff recommendation or to consider it further at a later date when the landlord has the opportunity to submit a discretionary waiver and staff has the opportunity to review it and make a recommendation 
to um, to to the board. So I think that that the purpose of moving this to action would be to have that discussion, and one of the outcomes could be to continue it to another meeting as a discretionary waiver. Perfect. So let's go ahead and do that. And I I think that is close to what I think the vice chair was was suggesting. And so thanks for helping me understand. All right. So um, we have a motion. We have a second, and now we're going to vote on all of the consent items, except for 1104, 1106, Euclid, that is being moved to an action item. Okay, Alpert. Vice Chair Alpert, did we lose you? I think he's just logging back on, so. Sorry, had a little technical difficulty with my phone there. Uh, yes, if the motion was, uh, could you read the, we were voting on the on the uh, Commissioner Kelly's motion. Correct, and and it's been revised to move all consent items as written, but moving uh, 1104 Euclid and 1106 Euclid to action. Yeah. Yes, I. Thank I, you. Elkstrand? Yes. Johnson? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Marrero? Yes. Martinak? Yes. Mizell? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great. Um, I'm going to now move that to the first item on the action item. So we are going to now discuss 1104-1106 Euclid. Does anybody want to make a motion? I wanted to ask staff um, what the, it seems like a very simple situation and a very empathetic situation. And so I'm curious what the recommendation for the 60% is based on. Sure, I'd be happy to speak to that. So uh, this property has been owned I by the current owner since- Amanda, oh, sorry. You're, you're new to some. <laughs> Sorry, 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 sorry. My name is Amanda. Uh, I am the rent uh, registration unit manager. Good morning. Good if, uh, sorry. Good evening, commissioners. I apologize for not uh, introducing myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> Commissioner Alpert, did you have a question? I'm sorry. Okay. Well, you didn't. Um, you didn't have a chance to answer the question. I think. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, so let me go back to uh, what I was before I lost my train of thought. So the waiver was filled out by the owner's son. Um, in the statement submitted by the owner's son, he states that his family moved back into the house in March 2020 after a good cause eviction and that they were unaware of that fees were due to the rent board. Um, at that time of, that the waiver was submitted to the rent board, uh, the statement provided by the son did not include elderly parents or financial hardship that they are now claiming. Um, upon further investigation into the rent board records, we showed that the property owner made late payments in the 1819 uh, registration year, 2021 and 2122. Based on regulation 883, this qualifies for a ministerial waiver, and the regulation only lets uh, staff recommend the board remove 60% of the, the fees or the penalties. I'm sorry. And just to be clear, the owner you're referencing who made the three previous late payments is the same owner as the current owner. Yes. And for the sake of our new commissioners, can you clarify whether or not we're allowed to consider the additional information provided by the landlord this evening or only the original um, application for the waiver? 
Can I, I can I clarify that, Amanda? Um, yes, absolutely. The, uh, as part of the ministerial waiver process, it's it's a little clunky. Um, if you move it to a discretionary waiver where staff can do a full write-up um, as we've done for others, um, I think it's 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 a much better process. It gives everybody a little bit more due process in their request. They don't, um, the, as, as Amanda described, um, staff's uh, authority to do this is derived from the board's adoption of a regulation basically um, providing for a formula based on review of late payments over the six years, whereas your discretionary authority spans a much broader spectrum of, um, uh, of consideration. Thank you, Matt. Um, I would like to make a motion after the vice chair makes a different motion, so I don't want to cut um, Sally off, but I... Um, we prefer that we bring this back as a discretionary waiver if other commissioners are comfortable doing that. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Helper. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm certainly very sympathetic to the specific circumstances of the owner. I mean, you know, I think many folks are dealing with a lot of financial hardships due to COVID, and I'm glad that the owner is pursuing the appropriate remedies through the county. I mean, that's what the, the support is there for. Um, I think that there's a, both a substantive and a process concern for me in in, in this particular item. Um, with process, I'll start with process. You know, uh, as a board, we've already identified that we wanna make changes with the way that our waiver system works. And that's something I'm looking forward to reviewing at the Lira committee, um, but we haven't made those changes yet. And I just think that there's, for me, there's a higher bar if there's a, you know, for the new folks particularly, we have discretionary waivers and we have ministerial waivers. And with discretionary waivers, it's intended for us to be able to make these kinds of reviews. And with ministerial waivers, it's much more in staff's hands. And I, in this, you know, in circumstances like this, am much more partial to saying that staff have been able to review the record. And I, I don't think that, uh, I really want to second guess too much in this circumstance. Uh, and then in, in the substantive, uh, you know, issue, um, I appreciate that there are, uh, you know, hardships the person is facing, but the fee has been known to them. They've paid it late before. Um, and, that's what the penalty is for. We're waiving a majority of it already. Um, so I don't think that um, uh, I'm particularly inclined to continue it. I'd rather just adopt the staff's recommendation. Um, I'm happy to make that motion or I'm happy to make the motion if, if Commissioner Kelly wants to make his motion. And I don't know where the majority of the board is. So um, substantively, either way is fine. I guess I'll wait if there was one to speak. Yeah, does anyone want to speak or or second the motion? Um, um, I'd like to ask a question. Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, this question is related to a clerical error that was um, related to this matter. I'm just interested in understanding if that clerical error also relates to the 1106 property. Um, and that there's there any impact analysis that there should be further evaluation done due to that. Um, thank you for the question, Commissioner. Um, the clerical error that the owner is speaking about that he wrote to uh, the board about that error, I, I'm not sure what he is speaking about that there, there wasn't a clerical error that I found in my research of the property or that was made known uh, in my research. Uh, Commissioner Kelly. Yeah. Oh, actually, oh, sorry. 
Um, Commissioner Mazel, did I skip over you? I'm sorry. Yes, no, 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 oh, no problem so whatsoever. Um, <laughs> sorry, thinking, thinking what, what I should ask here. Um, so I, I, I think it was stated that in, in this particular case, the owner of the property has for multiple years paid the fee late. Is that correct? So yes. there's no question in the record that they are aware this fee exists. And I, I don't know what the previous record is. So I'm not, I'm not going to assume what the record is, but clearly these fees have paid late. They're aware of the existence of these fees. You know, I will certainly defer to the more experienced colleagues on, on, on the board as to whether you know, this is commonplace that we, you know, give 60% to folks who have paid late on multiple occasions of rules that they must be aware of. I'm not inclined tonight to go against staff recommendation. Um, if anything, I would probably assess more of the overall penalty if it is indeed correct that for multiple years they had been aware and paid the fee late. And that same issue has occurred once again, or a similar issue has occurred once again. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts right now. I'm definitely open to other thoughts and and, and folks to weigh in, but um, I would take staff recommendation. So are you seconding the, the motion? Sure, I'll, I'll second um, Commissioner Alpert's motion. Okay. Um, I hadn't made a motion um, oh. formally, but oh. um, okay. there isn't a motion on the floor yet. Okay. So did you want to make a motion? Um, <laughs> um, well, there's a couple people who have their hands up first, so I'll... No, I was go. speaking to Commissioner... Um, yeah. Sorry. Okay, well, let, let's go to discussion first. So um, uh, Commissioner Kelly, you're next. Yeah, I mean, usually I'm the first to say, sorry, you knew about the fee. You've been a landlord for a while. You've paid it late a few times. But, you know, this is a... I don't really care why they paid the fee late. It's an extraordinary year. People are in a really tough situation, especially small property owners and small landlords. Their tenant hasn't been able to pay rent in a year. They're waiting on the money from the county, and we can, through a simple vote, wave a few hundred dollars to make their life a little bit easier while they're waiting on the assistance because we can't do anything to make the county pay out faster. That we talk we talk a lot about it being a once in a you know once in a lifetime event, and I feel that way for you know, a little bit of empathy towards our smaller landlords, but I, you know, it's up to the rest of the board. I'm just for the sake of process going to make an actual motion. So there's something on the, the floor to debate. I'm not trying to cut off any of the new commissioners. So please feel free to still participate in the discussion. I just informally going to move that we move um, 1104 and 1106 mil via two discretionary waivers for consideration at our next meeting. Um, so that is now a formal motion. Someone can second it or someone can make a substitute motion um, or folks can just continue the conversation. Thank you. I'd like to second that. Okay, it's your turn to speak too, so go go for it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm uh, um, in the interest of due process as the attorney, uh, attorney Brown uh, suggested and what um, Commissioner Kelly just said, I believe that's the right cause of action, course of action, sorry. Okay, um, Commissioner, uh, excuse me, Vice Chair Alpert and then Vice Chair, um, I mean, and then, gosh, what is so always happening? Uh, Commissioner uh, 
Yeah. Um, just, uh, I think Commissioner Mizell had asked this earlier about the context for the percent we're reducing it. Is it normal for us to reduce the fee by that much for a uh, for someone who has had multiple times they've paid late? And the answer is that the way that the discretionary waivers or the ministerial waiver, waivers rather work is there is a, a kind of a system set up where staff consider um, and and uh, Ms. Eberhardt, if you want to correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but um, there's a system that is set up where staff have a certain number of conditions. They're looking at these specific, you know, sets of circumstances. Have they had wait, late fees before? And then they have a formula essentially for this is how much we can recommend a waiver by based on those conditions. And um, so the way that our fee structure is set up is that we have very high fees or we have very high uh, Penalties, rather, uh, our fees are, I think, very reasonable. But the penalty on the fees are high; they're 100% of the amount of the fee, but they are reducible. So that the idea is it's a carrot and a stick, right? We're going to hit you with a penalty if you're just a day late, but if you pay and it's reasonable and you haven't been late before, you can get a reduction. And so, um, in those circumstances, I think actually, for me, the interest of due process is in taking staff's recommendation because. I want it to be fair to everyone who comes forward with the with the claim for a, a reduction that, that we're doing it the same way. We have this system set up. We are considering these certain things, and I want to have the reasons that we waive people's fines be based on that, not based on who has the time or the sense or whatever it might be to come before us and, and tell us their story. So um, certainly I think that there is an interest in, and I share the interest in, changing the way we evaluate fees or fines, but I think we should stick with what we have on paper for now. But I also think this is not life or death. <laughs> the reasonable people will disagree with that about this, and 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 that's quite fine. Okay, uh, Commissioner Marado. Commissioner Marado, did you you have your hand up? Was that from before? Yes. Uh, thank you for noticing. And maybe I need to change the 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 color a little bit. Yeah, I um, think I I'm not used to um, the different backgrounds, and some yeah. come up better. And I apologize. Um, no I problem. Better yeah. Attention. No problem. It's a Berkeley background, so I'm up <laughs> on I'm up on top here. Um, I just wanted to um, um, acknowledge what Commissioner Alpert said in terms of like positionality. It you know there's a clear um, year long right like not pain something and yes there are plenty of families who are in hardship i think the fairness is going to be imperative and i also do trust our staff to given their years and years of experience to be able to apply whatever exists fairly across the board so just wanted to mention that but thank you for for calling on commissioner um, um elstrand Thank you. Um, so I will be uh, supporting Commissioner Kelly's um, uh, 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 recommendation um, because I think, you know, we are living in very unusual times. And um, I know that staff has provided a, a verbal um, analysis of the recommendation. I think just having it as a discretionary, having that as a written analysis, it makes it more open and transparent. And you know, by, by voting on this motion, it doesn't mean that we're going to be um, going against the staff's recommendation when it does come to us at our next meeting. It just gives us uh, an opportunity um, to fully review this. Um, and I, I, I would uh, support that. 
Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Johnson. Um, I'm going to echo a little bit of what Commissioner Elkstrand said. I think I, I definitely support us having a little bit more thorough review on this. I think there's some details that might be persuasive, but I, I will give the caveat, though, that um, given the history of paying late consistently in a number of other years, I'm going to want some sort of evidence from them that shows that they were actually making efforts to actually pay on time this year. That's, and I think absent some sort of demonstration of that, I think in the actual vote, when we discuss it as a a discretionary waiver. Um, I think that's going to be what's going to take to persuade me to actually give the ultimate waiver in this instance. Thank you. All right. So we have, um, let me try to figure out where we are. So the only motion that we have, we have one motion, which is to continue it. Correct. And we, we have one motion on the floor to reclassify this as a discretionary waiver bring it back to the board at their next meeting. And that has been moved and seconded. So right now we only have a main motion. Okay. So seeing if, unless somebody raises their hand to let us know that they want, yep, we've got a hand. Uh, uh, I, uh, yeah, I apologize. I, I guess uh, I don't know if now is the time for questions or, or, or later on with more training, but um, is, I guess I'm going to staff here. Is, is there a reason that the, the, statements are, are the facts laid out by um, the, I believe it was the, the son of the owner of the property, would not have already come up to staff during your review process? No, and I just want to make clear that, that, that the extent of staff review on this is to plug these numbers into a formula. So there's not the, I, the staff doesn't have the discretion to consider waivers in, in, the, in the broad way that you all do. The only thing that staff has the authority to do is to say this person paid late X many times during these years, therefore they fit into this column. That's it. Can I elaborate on that though, please? Because there is a statement that the landlord, that the applicant will fill out as to their reasoning. So what was presented today um, as uh, Amanda um, stated on their written application was not presented when doing the research. Um, it was a completely different reason. So in the research, plus plugging in the formula based off of the regulation, how we come to whether it fits in the box of a ministerial or whether it fits in the box of, of a discretionary. So I think that's important to mention. Thank you. All right. Any other questions before I call for a, a vote? Mm -hmm. All right. Not seeing any, hoping not to be missing any. Um, let's go ahead and get a roll call vote, please, um, Board Secretary. Albert. And just can restate the motion for everyone's purpose. Yes. So the motion, as I have it written, is to reclassify the waiver request for 1104 and 1106 Euclid as a discretionary waiver. Um, and staff will provide a report to the full board at their next meeting for consideration. Thank you. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, Elkstrand. Yes. Johnson. Yes. Kelly? Yes. Marrero? No. Martinek? Yes. Mizell? No. Walker? No. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Motion carries 5 4. All right. Just vote for our first vote. Yeah. <laughs> Five four decision. I know. 
Well, I appreciate everyone staying strong on their their opinions and thoughts and um, that's good. Um, all right, so now we're going to move to chair update, uh, which I'm not gonna have any update for sake of time. Moving on to discussion and possible action regarding the possible return to in-person meetings of the REM board and its committees. Uh, General Counsel, do you wanna give us the kind of lay of the land? Yes, thank you, Chair. As many of you know, Council has um, moved to hybrid meetings starting this month. Um, we have the benefit of having um, some commissioners who actually uh, work for uh, Council, and so um, their input going forward, I think, will be valuable. Um, the reason that we continue to be remote um, is, first and foremost, because we have a um, state state of emergency. So the authority for um, having remote meetings starts with the state state of emergency. Once that is lifted, um, it's very, uh, the way that we are reading um, the government code that allows for this is that we are no longer able to have remote meetings as we currently have them. However, the Brown Act does allow for teleconference participation in a different kind of capacity. There are a couple of things to keep in mind, however, that you must um, notice on the agenda, the location from where you will be participating in the meeting. There also has to be a full quorum of elected officials that are participating in the meeting from within the boundaries of the jurisdiction. So meaning that there has to be at least five commissioners that would be, um, that would be, uh, uh, participating in the meeting um, that were inside of Berkeley at the time of the meeting. Those commissioners who are participating um, remotely would have to provide their um, both their uh, uh, location and they would have to provide access um, for any public that would want to, to, to be there. Um, and they must post the agenda at their location. Um, so if you were going to, for example, um, be participating in the meeting from a coffee shop, you would have to allow other people to sit around um, and post your, um, um, your agenda um, at that coffee shop. If you were going to be participating from your home, you would have to allow people to come into your home. Um, I know that this sounds um, somewhat strange, um, but we did have a situation several years back where um, this occurred and there were members of the community who actually went to the home of the mayor at the time, um, the former mayor, and sat in the living room for that meeting. Um, so I just wanted to let you all know, um, there are certain things that we do have to find. However, if we continue to participate in this fully teleconferenced um, manner in which we are, um, there are two things that we have to find. We have been going off of council's uh, uh, continuing resolution, um, but we have to the, um, we have to reconsider the circumstances of the state of emergency, and that uh, have to um, make a determination. The state of emergency impacts the abilities of the members to meet safely in person, or that the state or local uh, official continue to impose sorry continue to recommend social distancing. I think that that would be fairly, um, um, oh, you know, I think that that would be uh, something that we could do. 
um, for the pen for the during the pendency of the local state of emergency. Obviously, once the state lifts its state of emergency, um, we will not be able to meet remotely at all. Um, we can meet again in a hybrid capacity or fully teleconferenced with the conditions that I mentioned before. Are there any questions that you have? Um, and I can prepare um, a report and a resolution for next uh, meeting that would allow for um, teleconferencing to continue in the manner that it has, if that's the direction that the board gives. Commissioner Johnson. I think I didn't follow that exactly. Is it is it as simple as once the state state of emergency ends, we have to go back to being in person? And that's right. Yeah. Okay. The state, um, the 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 part of the Brown Act that currently allows for fully teleconference meetings during a state of emergency defines state of emergency as the governor's declaration of the state of emergency. Right. So that's the initial hurdle that we have to overcome. Once we overcome that, then we have to make those two other findings that I that I discussed. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Kelly and then uh, Vice Chair Alpert. I mean, I hope that we can at least provide a remote option as long as possible for members of the public and ourselves. Um, although I look forward to the day when we can be together safely. Um, you know, tonight we have seven members of the public with us and our staff so i you know i feel like it would be relatively simple for the 20 of us to be in a, a large room together relatively safely sometimes we have many 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 more people in our and that the, the public comment is the unique part of um the equation it's not like a regular meeting where you know and can kind of plan and you know, there's the main concern in a lot of ways is for the members of the public because the way the council or we will be spread out and distanced, you know, it's the folks waiting in line and all those other things we have to figure out too to be safe. Um, but I hope that we can meet the school district building or one of the larger buildings. I would say that I don't think for committee meetings where we've historically held them, that can be done safely. And I hope that it's not necessary to do for a while, but I do hope that staff is looking into alternatives because I don't think the rent board has facilities that can be COVID safe for committee meetings. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Alpert, and then I'm going to be put myself in the queue. Uh, yeah, I mean, just briefly, I'll say I think the principles that I'm committed to are we should stay fully remote for as long as the law allows, which is until the end of the state of emergency as declared by the governor. Um, and that after that, we should continue to, like the council is, allow full public participation remotely. Um, I would also like us to as, be as flexible as possible with staff remote participation, um, though it's a little bit more complicated because with the hybrid option, folks who are remote are not on video. So that is maybe even more difficult, um, but it, it would be good to explore that. Um, and then for, um, I'm, I'm comfortable returning to in-person uh, myself and I think we should you know um, if, if there's anyone uh, as a board member who is uh, more concerned about being in person I definitely want to defer to them and and kind of work to make sure that the folks who need to be remote can be remote um, uh, yeah I guess that's my that's what I've been thinking about great uh, Commissioner Marrero and if I'm misstating anybody's last names at this point, can people please um, 
let us let me know. No, gracias. Thanks for pronouncing it um, properly. Thank you. Um, I wanted to just mention like access in relation to individuals with disabilities. These are both physical disabilities, maybe meaning mobility, um, not really being able to get to a boardroom to participate. So I do think that a way to telephone in which other local municipalities are currently doing. They have a video in room, and then they also have this other method. Um, is something that's going to be really important. Thinking about our elderly uh, folks as well, um, and like you know, just the cost of transporting to you know a boardroom. So something that I will continue to advocate for, but I definitely think we need to be very innovative with the way we promote accessibility especially to communities who are vulnerable. Thank you. Great. Um, uh, Commissioner Mazel. Yeah, thank you. Um, I agree with, you know, largely the, the call, comments of my colleagues. Um, I think, yeah, we should stay remote as long as we can. Uh, and realistically, that's going to end with a state of emergency. Um, in terms of the other options mentioned, certainly I think we should look at, you know, what we can do um, to keep the process open. Um, if that's a hybrid option, then we have to just get it done. I, I think the change has been really essential for public participation. You know, surely at the PAB, it's been essential. I'm sure at this body has been essential. I know city council has been essential. Um, hopefully in the long run, we can get the state to take action. That will make this a, a easier solution. But for now, I think we should find the best way that we can to ensure public access. Um, you know, it, it, there's just, there's no way of really amplifying the difference. I think we see it on, on councils and where, you know, you'll have items come up, certainly when I was a student and it comes up in like June and half the students are around and people don't know where the meeting is and being able to click a link or call a number and participate when you, you care passionately about what happens in the community, I think is essential. So hope we can do that. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Martinik. Yeah, I, I would also like to echo um, the views of my colleagues. Uh, I think the that public access, expanded public access through the ability to appear remotely is really important. And the pandemic has shown us uh, what technology can do. Uh, and we shouldn't really go back uh, unless absolutely necessary and mandated by law. But um I, I fully support this expanded public participation through technological means. Thank you. Commissioner Walker. Um, yeah, I think we should stay remote as long as possible. And um, as long as the, the state moratorium is up. And then after that, I think we should also consider our um, parents that are on the board and how we support them. Um, with childcare, because I'm a single mom, I have two kids, one with special needs, and for me to be in a place, I'm going to need support with children, and I'm sure that other um, parents on the board feel, feel the same way, so that's something that we should consider when we do return to um, in person. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Elstrand. Yeah, I mean, I I think we all agree that we need to um, support both accessibility and safety. Um, my, my personal opinion is I would like to see us enter a um, hybrid system similar to what the council does. Because um, I, I want to make sure that 
that people have um, multiple options if they want to do it in person um, that they, they can if they aren't ready to come back then that's okay um, I do have a question about once the uh, state's state of emergency ends and you know the the Brown Act requires us to be uh, back in person does that also um, apply to members of the public? Will they have to show up in person or could we continue the option for the public to call in? So we, I believe, are obligated to provide a central place where public comment can occur, but that doesn't preclude us from also providing options for remote um, participation through um, through uh, 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 teleconference for other people. So I don't think that one precludes the other. I think that we just, once we have a mandate to um, not do fully teleconferenced meetings in the manner that we have, then um, we believe we have to have a central forum for people to come and gather for public participation. Great. Um, Commissioner Kelly? Oh, did Commissioner Marnick already go? Yeah, I think it was from just when she spoke. Oh, great. Um, I would just say that I'd love if staff could look into what it would take to either through policy change or we can just do it because we want to, to allow public comment to continue remotely once we do go back in person. I Bart just did this and a few other agencies have figured it out. Um, one, it'll make us all more COVID safe in the room, but a lot of our um, people who call in have children and jobs and things too. And to be able to call in for your two minute public comment instead of traveling you know, a half hour on the bus and sitting through a two hour meeting, I think is a real service to the public. Um, it's also a service to the rest of the community. Great. Um so just to kind of add my two cents, um, I, you know, it, so basically the state of emergency that's from the governor, I mean, he's already declared it to end at the end of February. So if by no other choice, March, we would at least need to have five of us um, who would go to our regular meeting place, which um, I don't think anybody on this board actually got to meet there except for me, um, is at the- I must be in person. Oh, were you? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. For a couple of years. <laughs> um, so just, uh, the vice chair and I have been there, but it's, I mean, it's the school board, um, chambers. So, um, that's where we would be. So I, I think that we should be expecting that, that, that at least five of us will have to go um you know for the march meeting um, chair just to clarify i'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you just to clarify sure. the 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 rule that in the government code in the brown act is is that at least a quorum have to be present in the jurisdiction but not necessarily physically so if you you don't necessarily have to have a quorum physically present you have to have a quorum that are in the jurisdiction. Oh. And if you are participating remotely from within the jurisdiction or anywhere, you have to um, identify the location at which you will be participating and allow for public access and post your, your agenda. So, I mean, you could have a situation. I mean, I'm not saying that this would be something, that I, I, whatever you all want, where you have um, 
several, no, or all commissioners in that physical location, but everybody who's participating away from that physical location has to identify their the address from which they are participating. All right, well, I think that um, my proposal would be then that in March, um, we do a, a practice run where it sounds like the vice chair is willing and able, I'm willing and able to be in person physically in the chambers that folks can choose to be remote following sounds like what it'll, you know, you'll have to post and all of these things. Um, we'll need at least five of us to, to be in Berkeley. And that we also, with the expectation that people could, we can, we can participate remotely. Hang on a sec, my family's forgotten that I'm here. This is why I'm going to be in the chambers. Um, so what I was saying, though, is that um, and that we would have that people could do public comment both in the uh, hall as well as um, either. I, you know, I think if we can continue to use Zoom, um, I think we should try and do that. Um, I've got uh, the vice chair and then Commissioner Marrero. So, Vice Chair. Yeah, two things. First is I know that for public, so for the council new hybrid, they are still doing Zoom for public comment, but for council members who are participating remotely, are they calling in like the old system with over the phone or are they Zooming in and being having their picture displayed? Councils on, everyone on councils on Zoom. Okay, and then, and, and then that's, that's my understanding. Okay, and somehow they have people in the room. I don't know if the camera in the room is one person or it's on each of them, but the people participating remotely are individual headshots. Yeah, well, well, either either way, I think you know I have full confidence in our staff to work with Mark Newmanville and and the Berkeley Community Media, and you know figure out how council is handling it and figuring out how we'll if we do want to do it the same way or whatever. Um, we'll figure that out. Um, I really want to appreciate what Commissioner Walker said. It had not been something that I was thinking about, but I do think it's very important around childcare. Uh, and I definitely think that we want to, or we should address that both for any commissioners who have that as an issue and also for any staff members who are being asked to participate um, uh, at, a count, at a rent board meeting. Um, you know, folks who came into the job either as a commissioner or as a staff member during COVID. This is something new. And so I want to make sure that all of those things are being addressed. Um, and there, I think there are a couple of ways we can do it. You know, we can either consider, uh, you know, compensation for childcare expenses, um, or we can consider if we want to, you know, whatever. There, are, I'm sure there are lots of offer options available on how we could make sure that that is not a barrier uh, for participation uh, for folks, because I think people should be able to fully participate either remotely or in person either way, if they have those childcare needs. Um, so we'd definitely be interested in in hearing from Commissioner Walker and also from staff um, about how we should best address that. Uh, yeah. Um, Commissioner Marrero. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to just add, um, kind of to piggyback, is that it also, like for example, in other cities, they provide childcare access 
to the community so that the community can engage in this pro process, right? So that's a, another idea, um, as well as language services. You know, what are the spoken languages other than English that we can, you know, help so that we get more engagement um, and community in these meetings? What I wanted to mention related to the cost is that it sounds like there's a cost of almost $4,000 per meeting. And if we look at that for all of the meetings of the year, has that been allocated? Is there an impact to that line budget um, in terms of cost to come back in? It's just a question I have. Thank you. Um, I'm going to ask the staff to respond to the budget questions. So I have been here through COVID. So I have not been in person. I have not had the gift or the pleasure yet to meet to be in person, but I would assume to upgrade any type of technology as well, there's going to be an increased cost to do in, to be in person. Um, and so I can't give you an answer about the increased cost outside of what I'm anticipating again, which is the increased technology so that we can be able to do both. Both hybrids still offer a hybrid and then be in person. I know that we have a contract with the school board um, as it relates to the space, which obviously we haven't been paying on because we haven't been in person. That will then kick in once we go to to being in person. Okay, so that's already allocated. The rental space right. and the tech and all that is allocated. So there's not going to be an impact tech. to the current line. Okay, thank some you. The, Just asking. Some, some of the technology. Again, I, I okay. think there will be increased technology as we try to do this um, hybrid in person. All right, anybody else have any questions or comments? Do, does, does staff need us to essentially make a motion in terms of what direction we're going or what do you what do you need? I would prefer that you make a motion so that I can prepare a report for the January meeting, something to the effect, I mean, I'm just summarizing what I've heard, something to the effect of, um, and it doesn't have to go further than this because law will, the law will eliminate the remote option when it happens. So something to the effect of the board is instructing staff to prepare a report and resolution to continue to meet fully teleconferenced for as long as the law allows. Um, I've got two hands raised, um, but just I'm gonna add myself. Um, I guess my one question though is, is that, is do staff think it would be useful to um plan to try and do something in March since that's likely when it will start so that there is something to try and then we can kind of see what it's like and then we may decide this is just you know this part works so that doesn't um because that'll only require you know only I mean if, if I could be the only person there or um is it or is it premature to kind of try and decide that it just seems like it if it's only based on the governors, that seems like that ship is left. Like we know that that's happening. So that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I, 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 that discussion can happen independent of the board's action to express its desire to meet fully teleconferenced for the pendency of the state of emergency. And I, I would definitely defer to Shauna and Amy on on that because I, I'll have very little to do with that. Okay, I have two commissioners who want to speak, but if um, staff or looks like you're about to speak, um, Executive Director Williams, and then uh, 
the board secretary also has her hand up. I will, uh, I'm going to kick it to, to Amy first because she's the most experienced about that whole process and then I will make my comment. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm actually happy to hear from the commissioners and then go last unless you'd prefer to hear from me, unless your question relates to staffing, because that's what I was going to comment on. Why don't you just go? Because <laughs> Okay. Um, sorry, let me put this off the camera. Um, I, uh, I just wanted to mention that returning to in-person meetings and doing, um, having hybrid, which is what I anticipated over six months ago, I met with City Clerk Mark Newmanville at the, at the BUSD boardroom, because that's when council started doing their yeah. Um, sort of experimental hybrid meetings, because I anticipated there would be a number of sort of technological and just logistical issues, and there were. And so fortunately, we already sort of have proof of concept in that council has already done this. However, the primary difference, well, there are many differences between council and the board, but in terms of staffing, there's a, 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 um, there's a whole team of staff that are present at all council meetings. Last time I was there, it was four. Um, there is only me. And so when we are physically present, um, it can sometimes be a challenge to just do the meeting and then also deal with members of the public who are just coming up to me because I'm the closest um, and who aren't aware that I'm actually running a meeting. If I am then also doing Zoom, um, I'm, I mean, this is something that I will be discussing with Shauna and Matt, but there will probably need to be a second person who attends. Yes. So while, while our room costs and technology costs may be similar, staffing costs will increase. Um, unless Shauna, you know, that's obviously up to Shauna, not me, but I'm just letting folks know. Um, and I say that because while I'm willing to try and do it all myself, my concern is that that's going to not just adversely impact me, it's going to adversely impact the meeting and the experience for the public. So I would prefer not to do that. But that's all I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I can barely chair and I don't have to do half the things you have to do. Um, uh, Executive Director Williams. So what I was going to say is what Amy said about the logistics <laughs> of being able to make sure that this is properly staffed so that it, it can run smoothly. Um, but to answer your initial question, which is to make this kind of a dry run or a practice test in March, I, I would recommend that. Great. Thank you. Um, so I've got um, Commissioner Martinique. I feel like I'm saying your name differently every single time. <laughs> Martinak. 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 Um, would you please, you have the floor. I just, I, it's more of a question. I'm a bit baffled by this. Am I to expect people to pile into my tiny little apartment off the street? I mean, it's just, uh, it's a bit of a strange, strange requirement, this posting and allowing public. I mean, this is, it's not like I live in some castle. I'm uh layered of the Scottish uh um what are they called uh highlands <laughs> and people can just come into my castle and hang out I live in a tiny little space that's very intimate so I just it just seems like a very very strange requirement I would like some clarification uh, I'll just just because I'm going to speak next anyway it's allowed but it very rarely happens um, but, you know, in, in all the time that people, you know, before COVID, it, this, this was how you had to do all conference whenever anyone was remote. And 
the example that uh, the general counsel cited to of the mayor having people pile into his living room was very much the exception to the rule, generally speaking, and no one will bother you. But the opportunity, the chance is there, it could happen, um, uh, but it, it doesn't usually. Um, and if the chair permits, I'll just go on to what I was gonna say, which is that um, I'm happy to make the motion that uh, the general counsel recommended on having us um, move that we continue with fully remote meetings, uh, moving that we continue with fully remote meetings as long as we're allowed and preparing a report to that effect. I wanted to ask the executive director, um, you've heard our kind of discussions around wanting to consider what kind of um, provisions for accessibility for parents with young children um, would be uh, feasible or, or possible or, or you know advisable. Do you, would you want that included in the motion or do you have that from our discussion and can just include that in the report? It could just be included in the report. I have that noted. Great, thank you. And I would just say uh, to uh, very much agree with what Commissioner Marrero said, both for commissioners, staff who might be asked to participate, and also the public. Um, however, we can make that a you know within our budgetary constraints, how we can make that more accessible. Uh, Commissioner Elsrand. Yeah, I mean just. Since we know that the state of emergency is going to end at the end of February, we'll have to meet in, in person in March. Does it make sense to do a hybrid meeting in February as the dry run? Or does, city staff, uh, uh, or does the Red Bull staff feel comfortable um, going forward as much as the first one, knowing that you know, they'll work closely with uh, Berkeley Community Media and the city clerk's office? I just want to make sure that come March when we do this, uh, there aren't any unexpected hiccups. But if we all feel comfortable, um, then that's fine as well. Staff, do you want to comment? Amy, you have your hand up. Yeah, I, I mean, while that is obviously um, the executive director's decision, um, that would be my preference. I actually plan to attend several hybrid meetings of council, and I will be meeting at the BUSD boardroom with the city clerk to go over some of the technological changes that have happened since the last time we did a dry run, which was over six months ago. Um, he's been working very closely with BUSD who own the property. Um, and so I I think that Commissioner Elkstrand's suggestion is, is a great one because what I know from experience is that there's always a hiccup no matter how well you plan. And I would rather found, find that out in February than in March when we have no choice. So that's just my two cents. All right, uh, Vice Chair um, Alpert, and then I'm going to call the, the question and um, Director Williams. Yeah, I guess I would leave this to uh, Amy and the Executive Director. I'm happy to have February be our first in-person or hybrid meeting, but we could also have, like, if, if it was feasible, it may be better to have a a not meeting be the first test run. So we can have our February meeting still be uh, fully remote. And then in early March, before we would have our meeting, I'm happy to go down to the board chambers and play a, the role of the vice chair during a little trial run. That So that way we, we don't have any actual meeting be the first run. We just have a, like a, a what's it called? A rehearsal. Um, so if, if, you know, that's a little extra work, um, but probably worth it. So um, uh, yeah, I would love to hear if, if either Shauna or Amy had anything on that. So I have Director Williams and then um, Commissioner um, Marrero. 
Um, I, I appreciate that that offering, uh, Commissioner Alpert, because that that may be what, exactly what we do. But I would like to honor the fact that there have been many sentiments in the room to remain remote until the state of emergency lifts. Um, and if we do something in February, then we're not honoring that request. So I think there are other ways for us to do quite a few test runs um, without actually having a formalized meeting um, being in February being the test run. So. Um, yes, thank you. Oh, wait, did you, you put your hand down? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Director Williams. I was just going to mention that, especially kind of given staff time and cost, um, because every time there's a full show, there's a full show. Um, I want to also volunteer to be a part of a rehearsal. Um, so let me know if there's anything that I can do along with um, <laughs> Commissioner Alpert and any others to be able to kind of like, you know, reduce burden on staff um, so that we can implement this well in, in March. Um, Commissioner Kelly? Um, I mean, I'm one of the people who wants to stay fully remote as long as possible, but I have no objection to other people going back sooner to be helpful. So if we want to do a hybrid, it, we're, we can still do the same hybrid that council's doing under the state of emergency where those of us who need to stay home can, and folks can go in who are willing to, and we can do the dry rehearsals whenever staff wants to. That doesn't change anything for those of us who need to participate remotely. So I, I don't want to have my way I phrased my comments earlier, seeing that I'd be opposed to that. Uh, Commissioner Martinek. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm just thinking if, if next year is anything like this year, um, January and February were really, really bad uh, in terms of COVID. So waiting till March and doing some kind of dry run uh, as a non-meeting, as a rehearsal is probably the best solution. Yeah. And I'd be willing to, to uh, help out with that. Great. All right, so um, can we go ahead and um, vote? Um, Board Secretary, you want to take a crack at, at what, you, what you think our motion is? Well, uh, my motion never got a second, also. Um, oh, I'll second. Right. <clears throat> so um, I was trying to write as quickly as I could what the general counsel said. Um, so I was actually going to ask Matt if he could just restate that. And then with the inclusion of the other things that have been mentioned in terms of child care and accessibility. Do you mind doing that, Matt? To prepare a report with resolution to reflect the board's desire to remain remote for as long as possible. Works for me. Um, Chair Simon Weisberg, does that work for you? With the inclusion of that report, including um, possibilities for childcare and increased accessibility, is that okay? Right, but I, and I also think it's that, and we do, we start practicing for a hybrid. Right. And I, I'm just I, I want to just sort of uh, separate the legal from the practical and okay. the legal is, is that you have to make findings. Okay. And so that I, I want, you know, the, the board, this is not a static thing. Once you make a decision, you can always go back to something else. Just there, there's there are certain threshold issues that have to be overcome to remain fully remote. OK, so. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fine with the way it was described and. That's okay with you. Oh, yeah. sorry. That's fine. 
Okay, so I think we're good with the motion. So we've got a motion on the floor. Um, well, we just articulated it, but I see a hand raised. So um, Commissioner uh, Elstrand. Yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> suggest, this, would it make more sense to say the motion that we want to remain uh, virtual as long as possible, or do we want it to say until the state of emergency ends? What makes the most sense? I'll defer they're, to the general counsel, but I think those are the same. They're one and the same. Yeah. Um, so as long as possible is until the end of the, the governor's declared state of emergency, because you can't continue to meet fully remotely um, in a way that the Brown Act allows when there is no governor declared state of emergency. I'll make that clear in the report. Okay. All right, let's take a vote. Okay, Albert. Aye. Elstrand? Yes. Johnson? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Moreto? Yes. Martinak? Yes. Maisel? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great. All right. I'm, I'm loving how we're, our conversations and our process. Um, this is feeling really good. All right, so um, the next thing on the agenda is the schedule. Um, Executive Williams, you're listed on for this. Are you are you doing it or are you passing it to the board secretary? <laughs> uh, board secretary, do you mind? Oh, uh, definitely a pass and it should not take 10 minutes. Okay, <laughs> I'm up. Thanks. So, <laughs> so um, hopefully you've had a chance to read the report, but basically, um, the board previously determined that it would conduct its regular meetings on the third Thursday of every month, unless one of those Thursdays falls on a holiday. Um, that includes major re uh, religious holidays as well as civic. Um, so each year we review the year ahead to see if any of those dates do fall on a holiday. In this case, they do not. So the dates proposed in the packet are all on the third Thursday. Um, also, I should mention that our contract with the Berkeley Unified School District to own the room that we will be meeting at in person only allows us to meet on Thursdays because council and the ZAB, excuse me, the Zoning Adjustments Board have it on other days. So um, this vote will be to uh, either adopt or modify or well, both if, if necessary, the proposed schedule in the packet. And also um, after the vote, we ask each commissioner that's present to state if they know now if any of those dates for next year, they will be unavailable. And for reasons that I will explain when I meet with each of you to discuss the board's attendance rules, by stating now, for example, if you know that you, you're gonna be out of the country next July and you won't be able to attend that meeting, by stating that for the record now, um, that absence is not counted against you for purposes of attendance. It doesn't mean that you can't change your mind, I certainly don't know where I'm going to be in November of next year. I mean, obviously, I have to be here for those meetings. But if something comes up, you do still, of course, have the option of not attending. But it is ideal if you know now or if you even think there's a strong possibility that you might not be able to attend because you know a family member is getting married or something's going on, to state that for the record. And then I copy that in the minutes so that there is a record of who will not be in attendance at each meeting. Does that I think I've covered the basics, but please let me know if you have any questions, especially those of you that are that are new to this. Let's see any questions. 
Oh, I'd like to just um, state that I will be appearing remote for the July and August meetings that I will okay. be here, but that just means that we'll need five people in the jurisdiction. Um, Commissioner Marrero? Yes, thank you. I will be appearing, appearing remote for the December meeting because I will be in New York. Excellent. And uh, Commissioner Martinak? There is a strong possibility I may be out of the country in July for the July meeting. I okay. don't know that, but. That's great. I will note that now. And obviously, of course, if that changes, you can let us know. And thank you, Chair, for um, that's the one thing I did not note, because normally that when we're meeting in person, you're either here or not here. If you do know that you'll need to be remote, that is relevant because as the general counsel explained, we do need five people in the jurisdiction. Um, and if we know that you're going to be remote, then that'll help me make sure that we actually have five of you uh, here in Berkeley. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that um, for, for reasons I won't get into now, this is not your last opportunity to tell me if you anticipate being absent for one of these dates next year. You technically have uh, three more days until the date that this schedule is published, and I will be publishing it tomorrow. So if we're looking at business days, you have until next Wednesday to let me know. And again, it doesn't mean that that's your last opportunity, but it means that if you notify me now that you will be absent or you think you'll be absent, that absence will not count against you for purposes of attendance. Um, Commissioner um, Mizell. So to clarify, if I don't notify you now or in the next three days, they will count against me if I'm unable to attend or is there still opportunity at a later point to um, mention issues that may arise? I mean, I just, it's, it's a bit hard to predict out on dates over, you know, sub 10, 11 months from now um, so I, I don't know if that's possible or if it's a regulation we just have to follow. That's an excellent question, and I'm glad you asked. So um, by because life happens and because none of us have a crystal ball, or at least not as far as I know, um, all board members are allowed to miss two regular or special meetings during the year without penalty. And again, by penalty, I don't want to make it sound punitive. I just mean that there will not be a deduction from your stipend as a result of that absence. So. That is in addition to the absences that you're mentioning to me now. So to answer your question, Commissioner Mizell, this is not your last opportunity. If if something happens and you just can't make it to a meeting, um, that's allowed to happen twice um, without there being any impact on your stipend. Okay, so thank you very much for, for clarifying that. I'll just say I very likely will be remote on the July meeting. Great, thank you. Um, I've got... Uh... Commissioner um, Elstrand. Okay, yeah. So I know with the city council, um, if there is an absence, they can request um, an excusal, which is done via a council item. Is that something that is done here um, that we can introduce an item to do an excusal if, if something were to come up? It absolutely is. That's another provision that the board allows. Um, it cannot be done the way the current resolution is written. It cannot be done in advance. So you, we don't currently have a provision and the general counsel can correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say you know you're gonna be absent in February and you want the board to preemptively excuse that. We do not have a provision for that, but once you are absent, you can then request that the board um, reimburse you for any stipend deduction if one occurred. 
And that, that is something we have done on multiple occasions. Commissioner Johnson, I think you're next. I think I will potentially be remote for the December meeting and possibly the July meeting as well. Okay, got it. July and December remote. Thank you. I almost want it as a joking way to be like, <laughs> Commissioner Kelly. I might be remote and Sorry, for a moment, I couldn't remember what was before August, <laughs> July, <laughs> and possibly December. And then I just wanted to state for the new members, the attendance policy is a rent board policy that the board can change. I'm not saying we should. I'm just stating that so folks don't think it's like a state law. And I might periodically state that just for clarity on things, because it's important for us to know what the rules are. And it's also important for us to be aware what the rules are that we have agency over. Thank you. Great. Um, Great point. Vice, yeah. Vice Chair Alpert. Uh, yeah, just briefly. Amy, are any of the days, are we getting close to a majority of people being remote on any of those days? Because I know some folks said they were remote, but didn't say whether they were going to be in the city or not. And so if oh, folks wow. are remote in Berkeley, it doesn't matter. I'm imagining most of those are remote, not in Berkeley. We already have five people who, who say they will or most likely will be remote in July, but I didn't ask whether that would be in Berkeley or not. And one thing is, is we often do not have an August meeting. So um, as a way, because, you know, the um, the council, you know, is closed during August and it gives an opportunity for staff to catch up on things because it does take a lot of work um, managing all of our committee meetings plus um, our board meeting. Um, so if it turns out um, that many of us are, sounds like we're vacationing in July rather than August, um, we may decide to swap that. Now, the, the dilemma is that it's not at the same time as when council is dark, which often can be um, helpful. Um, Commissioner Alpert, I mean, Vice Chair Alpert, you've already spoken. Um, Commissioner Martinek. Uh, so school starts really early in Berkeley. So I'm just thinking in terms of school, those of us who have school kids, we need to take opportunity of vacation before school starts. That's why I'm thinking July. And I'm wondering if other people are having that on their minds too. Maybe we could swap. Yeah, it used to be school started at the end of August. Now it's barely. Um, Commissioner Marrera, Marana? No. What did I say? Uh, yeah, you know, you had it. Right. <laughs> yeah, you had it right with a no. Um, I'm just want to point of clarification. The agenda does say August 17th. So just wondering if there is a meeting. Either way, I can attend, but um, just wanted to know if there is, in fact, a meeting for August 17th. Yeah, we, we just often cancel it. Um, it's on there because the expectation is we meet monthly. Um, and then in the event that there is some emergency, or, I mean, you know, that's something that has to happen and we, you know, but um, None of the things that we kind of really have to do in terms of the budget, in terms of, you know, when we pass the AGA, all these different kind of have tos um, don't occur in August. But I do think the the kind of very large change in um, in calendar for children, um, I think that might be a reason for us to maybe 
swap with July, but maybe we can kind of offline get some feedback from staff if that makes a big difference in terms of budget and meetings. Uh, anyone else? All right. Sure, I, we should. Can I just mention, just since we're on the subject, um, for yeah. our new commissioners, it does mention this briefly, but it is common for the board to schedule anywhere from one to three. It's really more like one or two special meetings. And a special meeting is simply any meeting of the full board that does not occur on the third Thursday of the month. Um, and there's usually a very specific reason for that. But the good news is that before we schedule that meeting, we generally do a straw poll to see how many people will be, be available so that we at least have a quorum. But um, obviously, since I can't anticipate that, that's why those those dates are not there. Right. So, Chair, um, just because this will be a part of the minutes, do you mind if I just really quickly repeat the dates that folks said they either won't be available, just to make sure that I got it correct? Yes, please. Correctly. So, for the chair, um, you will be remote in July and August. Um, Commissioner Marrero, I have you remote, and then I I didn't. It's it's blank. So I, I think I was listening to you, and I didn't write down the month. Was it December? Yes, uh, it's December, and I'll be okay. in New York. Thank you. That's right. Okay. Um, Commissioner Martinak, you will not be able to attend in July at this point. Uh, Commissioner Mizell, you will likely be remote in July. Yeah, I'll probably be in San Diego. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Johnson, you will likely be remote in July and December. Uh, Commissioner Kelly, um, strong possibility of being remote in July and December, and that is all that I have. Have I missed anyone? All right. Amy, so, Amy for a point of clarification, this yes. the, this request and understanding of the year calendar is to do two things. Find out who will not actually be able to attend and or they can attend, but they will be remote. Correct. Okay, thank you. And then the vote that we're about to take is to adopt the proposed dates in the report or to amend any of them. And I'll hand it back over to the chair. Great, let's um, do a roll call, please. Uh, I, need, I need a motion first. <laughs> oh. So moved. I'll second. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to catch who was second. I was. Uh, oh, I see. So this is a motion to adopt the proposed 2023 regular meeting schedule as written, um, with the exceptions already noted. Uh, Alpert. Aye. Feldstrand. Yes. Johnson. Yes. Kelly. Yes. Marrero. Yes. Martinak. Yes. Mizell. Yes. Walker. Yes. Simon Weisberg. Yes. Motion carries. The last thing I will say is that um, it is customary for me to send an email to all of you the day after this meeting, just confirming those dates. Um, and I, I believe it was, it might've been Commissioner Alpert, but whoever suggested it, it was a great idea. Also to send you an Outlook calendar item that you can actually accept so that those dates will populate on your calendar. So I will do that. If not tomorrow, which will be incredibly busy, um, it will be no later than next Tuesday. Thank I you. think that might have been Commissioner Kelly. I can't remember, but to give credit where it's due. Yeah, Absolutely. One of our brilliant um, board members. So um, let's move on to um, item D. And um, Commissioner Kelly, I know this was, you had, um, you know, asked to have this, but I, I have the text um, ready. And so I was going to- Oh, fabulous. Thank you. Um, share my screen and hopefully I do this without doing anything embarrassing. Let's see here. 
I think this was the simplest text of any ordinance I've ever seen. In my no, <laughs> I love this ordinance for that exact reason. Um, I haven't seen it. I'm excited. <laughs> um, all right. I'm gonna. Hmm. Did I lose you guys? No, we can. We can see and hear you. I can't see and hear me. You're trying oh. to screen share. I am. It's just not giving me the option of the screen. All right, we're just gonna have a crazy moment for a second. Oh, here, Cher, let me make you the host. That might be why. Um, no, it's letting me do it. It's just not giving me the option of, well, maybe not, maybe. And this is gonna be so great when we're in person and trying to do this. <laughs> I just made you the host just in case that, sometimes that solves the problem. Hmm. Okay, I'm just gonna try this see what happens. Oh. There we go. We can see your email. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can you um, yeah. see it right now? Yeah. So um, if you don't mind, Commissioner Kelly, I'm just going to, to kind of explain like the- By all means. Okay. So, and I also want to say that um, Commissioner Walker um, was really the first person who articulated to me kind of the, you know, how, what a difference it would make to not have to pay such a large um, security deposit. Um, and that was one of the kind of policy calls um, for Moms for Housing that um, Commissioner Walker had articulated. And, you know, the so essentially in the in the state of California, landlords are not allowed to um, demand more than two months. Um, but what a security deposit that equals more than uh, the sum of two months rent. And. You know, I think that it's problematic for many reasons, but one is that's a huge amount of money to sit in the pocket of the landlord instead of, you know, the tenant being able to save that, that amount of money. It's incredibly difficult for tenants to get that back. It's a lot of money to lose. Um, and there's also growing evidence that there is a real um, disparity between who's required to do one month and who's required to do two months. And that people will be competing for a two bedroom and folks of color will be required to pay two months and white people won't. Um, wealthier tenants uh, won't be required to pay two months and um, more working class tenants will. And uh, more than 20 states already have reduced the maximum amount of security deposit required to one month. So we're not necessarily being a leader, but we, I think if this passes, we'll be you know, following and a good policy. The other thing that's interesting that I didn't learn until this is that um, there's uh, for people who are in the military, they can only be required to pay one month's rent. So we already have that um, kind of precedent in, in our state. Um, and this is the first bit of legislation by um, Assembly Member Haney, who, who hails from San Francisco. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of awesome because it's so simple. Um, usually, um, you know, doing legislation that closes loopholes that protects tenants has to be super complicated because we're anticipating all the terrible things that can happen. Um, so anyway, I just really applaud his, his office uh, for doing this and really appreciate um, uh, Commissioner Kelly for suggesting we uh, bring it forward. Um, the action I would like us to take is to, um, you know, send a letter of support. And I was going to actually um, ask if our, we can have our legislative, um, what is the, 
our, our, our lobbyists um, draft a quick letter and uh, send it. All right, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna close my screen unless anyone's still reading it. And I wondered if you could even see it on a tiny little thing. <laughs> well, it was a good idea. Um, it basically just says it, it changes two months to one month. So that's why it's so simple. Uh, Commissioner Johnson. I just wanted to officially make the motion that you suggested. Great. Would somebody oh, like second. to second? Great. Um, would anybody else like to make a comment or question? Um, Board Secretary, do you have a question? And then Commissioner Kelly. I would just like the motion stated so that I can write it down. Go for it, Commissioner Johnson. Um, I would move that we draft a letter or have our lobbyists draft a letter in support of AB 12. I think it was AB 12. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there was, there was one other piece I thought we had with it too that I can't remember right now. Oh, if we asked our um, lobbyists to be the one who drafts it. Okay, yeah. So that. <laughs> Oof. The roughest motion I ever made. <laughs> um, Commissioner Kelly. Um, I agree with everything that the chair said. Thank you for the intro to the item. I just wanted to also say I believe this is the first bill being sponsored by the new renters caucus in the legislature, which is what Matt Haney and Aisha Wahab, and maybe there's one other person. I think there's six now. Oh, oh my gosh, there's so there's many. There's Brian, um, Zwahab, Brian, Haney, Lee. Yes, so it's, um, I just think that's also important to know that that's happening and that there is a renter's caucus now because um, it's always, it, they, they want to try to organize together and I think us supporting their efforts is good. But I also just wanted folks to know about that because historically there haven't been any tenants in the legislature and it's a big difference. Yep. Great. Um, all right, can we do a roll call? Um, apologies, I, I have Commissioner Johnson as the mover and I did not note the seconder. I think it was um, Marrero. Is that correct? Thank you. Okay, so motion to direct our legislative advocate to draft a letter conveying the board's support for AB 12. Uh, Alpert. Aye. Elkstrand. Yes. Johnson. Aye. Kelly. Aye. Marrero. Yes. Martinak. Yes. Mizell. Yes. Walker. Yes. Simon Weisberg. Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great. All right. Um, so let's move on to information announcements, articles, and media. Um, we don't have any um, articles this um, time, but this is a place where if you come across uh, you know, a report or an article um, that you think would be helpful for all of us to, to see, this is a way um, to do that. Um, the first thing we've got on here is, a, um, is the REM Board Workplace Cultural Retreat. Um, Executive Director uh, Williams. Amy, am I able to share my screen? Um, yes, you should all be able to, but if you can't, I can also make you the host real quick. I mean, 
right now. Um, Oh, there, there you are. Oh, okay, great. Oh, <laughs> so very, very quickly, I just wanted to let you all know some a part of the organization that you may or may not over your tenure sit as close to, which is kind of our interpersonal interactions around with, with staff in the organization. And so on the 7th and 8th, uh, we had our first, in a long time, first for me, um, workplace culture retreat. Um, we, it was located offsite at the library. It was a day and a half. And in this picture is all of our staff. Um, those that are not on leave, it was 100, are, are obviously not here, but everyone else was, so it was 100% um, participation. Um, we covered some things around diversity, inclusion, belonging, and respect. Uh, it was a very intense workplace culture retreat. Um, it was some pickup work or continuation work from a uh, survey and some work that was done with Dr. Karen Stashauer some a couple of years ago. I think that the uh, pandemic impacted greatly um, being able to do this. So this was the first time for the vast majority, I believe, in the room meeting in person for the first time. Um, and so some some great work was done. We were provided some really good tools for how we can continue the work on inclusion and respect and belonging with staff. Um, you will see uh, Dr. Um, Kumea um, Shorter-Gooden is here, who's one of the consultants. Dr. Bernardo Ferdinand um, is also on, and Dr. there she is, Dr. Karen Stashauer, were the facilitators of this uh, workplace culture retreat. So I just wanted to share that. Um, is again, one of these things that is important work. Uh, it is important that staff feel heard, um, that they have a sense of belonging so that we can continue this very intense work. Um, and so this is the first of many things to come as it relates as we create a broader and bigger sense of community with staff for each other um, to continue our work. So I just wanted to kind of share that we, that, that we had this retreat it was very successful again, but it is, it was not the beginning of the work and it is not the conclusion of the work to come as it relates to creating a better culturally environment for our staff. Any uh, questions or comments? Um, Commissioner Marrero. I just wanted to commend that, um, uh, Executive Director Williams for her work around culture, especially as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. It sounds like you're also tackling justice. Um, and as an executive director myself, I know how hard that work is. It doesn't just come tomorrow. Um, and so really like chiseling at it and, and getting some outside neutral perspectives to help facilitate conversation is really important. So thank you so much for doing that. Great. Great. Well, we are almost to the nine hour, which is when we have to take a pause for the um, the person who is doing the typing the words for us. Um, so I'm just going to, I think we should be able to zoom through things. Can we go a little bit further, um, Amy? I, I just wanted to mention very briefly, the next item on the agenda is mine. And normally for our new commissioners, normally I would print 
um, the date, the deadline by which you would need to submit items or ideas for items for the next board meeting. I did not put a specific date on there because the board had obviously not adopted their schedule. So there was a possibility that January's meeting date might change. Now that I know what it is, um, <clears throat> the deadline to submit items to the chair and to staff for inclusion in that in January's agenda, it would be Monday, January 9th by 5 p.m. So that's all. Right. And if anybody needs any um, help on what, what you need to do to do that, I'm happy to um, help folks with that. But there is a template, um, you know, what you can do kind of like a one pager. This is the item I want us to discuss. Um, I feel like we had shared that out. I don't know if that was part of the training this year or will be. You did share it out. Okay. Great. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying it's part of the training. Okay. Great. So you'll, you'll be getting that. Um, but obviously, all of us who have been here for a little bit longer are welcome. Are I know I can speak on behalf of my my comrades that we are all happy to to help out on that. All right. So in the next time, next period, what we do here is um, talk about the different like updates on the committees. Um, what I'd like to do instead of giving um, updates is that I would like us to. Um, folks who are, have been on the other budget, have been on the different committees can give like a couple sentences about what those committees are um, and maybe what generally they're doing because folks are going to need to provide me with um, what committees they want to be on. And, and I think, you know, it's only fair to know what, what are these different committees um, doing. So am I, I guess, um, Commissioner Walker, would you mind saying a few words about budget and personnel committee for our newcomers to try and get people to want to be on it. Yes, um, the budget and personnel committee is a, is a great committee. We um, get reports from staff and our executive director about the budget. Um, we're able to recommend um, actions to the full board. We also work on the hiring of, of staff and we have recommendations, recommendations to the board on that and evaluations. Right. All right. Um, eviction section eight foreclosure committee. Is anybody who was on it still here? We lose the entire committee. All right. Well, that's not good. Um, well, I was on it many years ago. Um, and one of the, to me, one of the very important parts of it is that it receives um, all we have, we do reports on how many people have been evicted. Uh, under Ellis, how many people have been evicted with owner move-ins, and those are regular reports that are given. Um, it's also a place, uh, it's the committee that um, receives the reports from our vendors who provide um, legal services for folks to prevent evictions, and so it's also important in terms of, um, you know, making sure that the organizations that we are paying to help the community members continue to do it. Um, all right, Lyra, there are lots of people from Lyra, so um, Andy, uh, Commissioner Kelly, you're the present chair, do you want to? Sure. Um, the Lyra committee is the basically the rent board's policy committee. Um, any kind of policy changes we're looking at internally or amendments to the rent ordinance tend to come through the Lyra committee first for us to workshop them with staff. Um, and anyone's welcome to bring ideas to that committee, even if you're not on it. Um, and it's the it's the great place to say, you know, I've noticed this problem. I'm not exactly sure why it's happening. You can get information from staff. 
Um, you can find out what needs to change to address the issue. It's a really great pathway to move new ideas forward. Um, it also tends to be a lot of where things that inter intersect with the council um, go through because if we have to change a city law, that is usually a council action that we have to recommend. And we we also oversee um, the um, annual rent increase. Um, that's more of a certification than really much of a process, um, as well as the interest that's paid on security deposits and things like that. Um, but it's a great committee and a great place to be. So please come and join us. All right, um, outreach committee. Is there anybody, Commissioner Kelly, are you also- Only me. Please join the outreach committee. Um, the outreach committee is awesome. People just happen to all chair out and we didn't make a lot of substitutions because um, we're doing our, we're currently in the middle of, it's out in the field. The first um, study we've done of tenants to survey we were supposed to do every 10 years. It was a little bit delayed because of COVID, um, but that's out in the field right now. We're about to do our second round of reminders and we'll get that information back in January, February. So the next year's commission will be dealing with those results and how to share them with the public and the community. We also work with our staff around community events, um, places where they table or trainings, webinars, um, outreach, mailings, the website, Facebook, social media. So if you're interested in helping the rent board to communicate more effectively with um, the community, with the, with the homeowners, tenants, and landlords that we serve, it's a great place to be. I'll give a double plug for it because, you know, we all know that your rights only matter if you know about them. Um, you're only able to access protections if you are aware that you have that ability. And the work that's done at the outreach committee is very important for making sure that tenants and community members are aware of how to access our resources. Um, so if you have any questions, I'm happy to connect and answer questions about that, but it's a very important committee and I hope that some folks will join. Um, Commissioner Johnson, I'm gonna ask you to um, describe the four by four. Yeah, I think the four by four is really just a space where the rent board and the city council can kind of overlap. We discuss pieces of legislation that um, ultimately are usually enforceable by the, either the city council or they. it's the rent board giving our perspective on um, how different laws should be shaped that affect tenants' needs and the concerns of tenants. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really fun space and it, it's fun to kind of get to interact with like, not a majority of the council members, but almost a majority of the council members, so. Great. And then the um, ad hoc committee on Remport technology. Uh, Amy, I'm gonna have you <laughs> describe that since um, you're kind of uh, <clears throat> So that was originally convened to discuss the board's transition from um, very, very thick agenda packets like this one to paperless agendas, which is what we have now, where I, I email you links to something instead of giving you an inch thick packet. Um, going forward, the some commissioners had expressed a desire to maintain this committee to discuss you know, technology issues that come up, like for example, if, if an issue comes up with hybrid meetings so that um, two commissioners can sort of review those things in depth and then make a recommendation to the board. So um, it's really up to the board whether we continue this committee. It is an ad hoc committee, so it doesn't meet every month like the other committees that were mentioned, but that's sort of the history of why it exists. 
Right. Um, I was wondering if um, I know that one member had already um, expressed interest around um, sustainability, and I think that that was was the technology committee part of the sustainability before. No. No. Okay. We we we've had multiple committees that had the word sustainability in them, but they were not connected to technology. Okay. All right. Um, so, and then just on that point, um, we can add um, committees. These are, this isn't the, you know, there, there's nothing somewhere that says these are the committees we have to have. Obviously, some of them we have to have, like you need to have a budget and personnel. Um, so just want to, if folks can, um, you know, by January 10th, if you can email me your committee requests. And if you feel like there is an ad hoc committee or a committee you want to propose, um, please do that. If you do propose something, I'll probably give you a call to kind of talk it through. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm really excited again to, to have all of you guys and, and just think we're going to do amazing things on these committees. Oh, also the expectation is around three committees, um, two being, you know, the absolute minimum uh, don't recommend more than three. It's just not, you know, it's just because the committees are a lot of work. Um, all right. So unless somebody wants to say anything, I'm going to move us to updates and announcements. This is one moment. I think we're really going to note that Paula Leverde is not here anymore because she always was very good at keeping us updated and what was going on. All right. Anyone have any updates, things they want to share? Announcements? Um, Amy, do you want to say something? Just very briefly, um, <clears throat> I will be, um, if we haven't already discussed it, um, I will be reaching out to our new commissioners to schedule a brief in-person meeting in the office to meet with our payroll clerk, Athena, to go over the board's pay schedule, stipends, um, and then also to orient you to a few things in the office and review our <laughs> seven-page omnibus resolution that includes information about stipends, meeting schedules, communication, attendance policy, all that good stuff. And ideally we would wanna do that before the first of the year. Um, and I see our executive director's hand up. So I think she wants to say something about that. <laughs> Not particularly about that. So- Oh, if, okay. <laughs> are you, were you done? Were I, you, I'm done. Okay. Just um, for new commissioners to remind you again, we've already kind of discussed this about the full um, new commissioner training. Uh, just another reminder that that will be January 17th from 10 to 3. You'll get another email with some more information, you know, moving forward, but I wanted to put that out there as an announcement. That's new, isn't it? Because I don't remember that. You didn't have me. Nothing against Matt. <laughs> put that plug out there. There's nothing against Matt. <laughs> um, Commissioner Rizal. Yes, thank you for the updates. Um, and not to put staff on the spot, I'm, I'm just curious if, if, if we think that meeting um, with, uh, sorry, I forget the name, but the, the payroll clerk will happen either tomorrow, Monday, or, or Tuesday. Um, currently, I, I'm planning to fly back to San Diego on um, the 21st. Actually, I'm, yeah, so I guess I'm just curious if, if we'll be able to get that done in that time. I, I did remember that, and I will be reaching out to you separately um, about that. Um, you'll hear from me tomorrow morning, but I do remember that you have that that deadline. So I'm going to try and get that done either um, most likely on Tuesday. Okay, thank you. Sure. Great. 
Commissioner um, Elstrand? Yeah, I have uh, one announcement. Um, so earlier this week in my uh, capacity as an assistant to the mayor, um, I had met with the new executive director of the Berkeley Housing Authority, uh, James Williams. And um, he had expressed uh, interest in uh, collaborating with the rent boards on issues of mutual interest. So um, perhaps something for the um, eviction section eight uh, committee to take into consideration and hopefully we can have a um, strong partnership with the um, housing authority. Great. All right. Um, so that kind of led us to the uh, items for possible placement on future agenda, um, which that fit perfect transition. Um, does anybody have anything they want to say now? Obviously, we already mentioned earlier that um, we just have that January date. And Amy, can you remind us when that was? When we need to get when the official like time you have to get the agenda uh, item. official deadline to submit the items in in written form camera ready is monday january 9th monday january 9th okay great um so we are done you have now completed your first meeting you are all amazing this is all very exciting it's going to be a great year um Congratulations, everyone, and may I have a motion to adjourn? So moved. Thank you. Great. All right. Uh, can we roll call? Albert. Aye. Elkstrand? Yes. Johnson? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Marrero? Yes. Martinak? Yes. Mizell? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg. Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you, everyone. Great. Everyone have a great new year and uh, see you next year. Yeah. You'll be hearing from me shortly. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Welcome. Happy holidays. Thank you.